Well, good evening. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians 13. Hope you've had a good week. Hope it's been everything you've wanted it to be. We've had a good week so far down at the lake, and uh, the fishing has gone well. So we have enough to feed everybody already. So we can feed ourselves, and we can invite our friends, and it'll be good. Okay? That's that. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and we will get started. Father, it is good to be in your house tonight, and Lord, I am thankful for the songs that we were able to enjoy this evening, the truths contained in those songs. It's a wonderful thing, and uh, they are wonderful truths. I thank you for them. And God, I pray that you'd help me now in these next few moments to, uh, to be able to communicate what you've laid upon my heart. And God, I pray that you'd help us to just give it consideration and give it some thought tonight. I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Knowing that this week is the fishing trip, or was the fishing trip, I'm not sure what tense I was supposed to say that in. Uh, anyways, I had to plan ahead, all right, and get ready for tonight's message. And so I was working on this message last week, and in preparing for the message, I really wanted to go through each aspect of love one more time that the Apostle Paul dealt with. But I thought, you know, if I do that, I could wear the people out on this. I could, you know, make you get to the point where you didn't want to hear it anymore. So I decided to forego that process. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you to really think about and to give attention to what the Apostle Paul has uh, defined love to be in all the different aspects and all the different uh, manifestations of it. Think about what biblical love looks like. Don't insert your opinion of what love looks like. Certainly do not insert the world's opinion as to what love is supposed to look like because if we put in our opinion or the world's opinion, we're going to have a wreck. It's just not good, okay? We need to keep in mind what biblical love looks like. And in light of that, I want to remind us of what we looked at last week in the first three verses. The Apostle Paul said this, that without biblical love, it does not matter what we do. There is no point to it. It doesn't matter if we speak with the tongues of men and of angels. It doesn't matter if we have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries, if we have all knowledge and have faith enough to remove mountains. It doesn't matter if we bestow all of our goods to feed the poor or give our bodies to be burned. If we do not have biblical love, if that is not what we are striving to manifest in our lives, then it doesn't really matter what our religious activity is and what it looks like because it's nothing more than sounding brass, a tinkling cymbal. It is nothing, and it profits us nothing. So it's pretty important that we have the right kind of love. Amen? It's very important. Tonight I want to... I just want to begin by talking about something that I know that you know as well as I know, okay? And that is this, that with every job, with every occupation, with everything that we find ourselves engaged in, there are certain tasks and certain responsibilities that are required of us. 
So if you were to ask me, or if someone else were to ask me, Kyle, what exactly is it that you do all week? Because that is a question that preachers are sometimes asked. I could give them a rundown of things that I try to get done and things that I try to accomplish on a regular basis. I do the bulletins, I do the financial reports, I get the message ready for the radio, and there are many different things that I do to keep myself busy throughout the week. And again, if someone were to come to you and they were to say to you by way of a question, what is it you do, you could give them a rundown of what is expected of you and what is required of you. I would also assume tonight, maybe not true of everyone, but I would think that this is true of most of us, and that would be this, that with all of our tasks, with all of our responsibilities, with everything that is expected of us, there are times where certain things must be done by a certain point. Have you ever been there? I mean, I would imagine many of us have. So, you know, you could be busy doing this, and you could be busy doing this. You could be busy doing something else. But here is what you know, that this must be done by this time, or I'm in trouble. That's the way it was for me last week, looking ahead to this week. So here's what I know in my heart and mind, that I could not show up tonight and say to you all, We've had a good time at the fishing trip this week, and I don't have anything prepared, so we're just going to go home now. I think most of you all would say something to this effect, why didn't you plan ahead, or why didn't you tell us before we got here? You were expecting me to be ready tonight, were you not? I assume that you would expect me to be ready to preach tonight. And so here is what I knew coming into this week, that I have a deadline, and this is essential, and I need to be ready come Wednesday night. And already looking ahead to Sunday, I've been giving it thought, I've been giving it attention, because the same would be true, that I have to have certain things ready by a certain time. And so whenever you and I understand the significance of deadlines and the significance of, of things having to be done, what does that many times force us to do? Well, many times it forces us to do this, to prioritize. Right? Okay, if I know this has to be done, then while I'd like to get this done, while I need to give this attention, this has priority for the moment, this has priority for the week. And so in order for us to be effective, in order for us to be productive, in order for us to be successful at what it is we are trying to do, what we are striving to accomplish, we understand what is most important, we understand the deadlines associated with it, and we give those things priority because without it, we are going to drop the ball and we're going to fail in what we need to get accomplished. Now this evening... If you think about that principle, it's very simple to plug into our spiritual lives. Because here is what most of us know if we've been saved and we've been a part of the Christian life very long at all. Here is what we know. There are many things about the Christian life that are good, that are right, that are important, that are uh, commendable. There are many, many things that are worthwhile in the Christian life. But we need to be reminded of this sometimes, 
that there are things that are of a higher priority than other things. Because without certain things being done, it doesn't really matter what else is done. Without giving the attention and the focus to certain things, and really, as we'll see tonight, one thing, then again, it doesn't matter what else may be accomplished in other areas of the Christian life. This just isn't important anymore without this. And so notice in verse number 8, what Paul says to the believers in Corinth. He says, charity never faileth. Now we'll get back to that in a couple of moments. But notice what he says after he says, charity never faileth. He said, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. What is Paul saying to the believers of Corinth? He is saying this, that the time and the season and the occasion for prophecy, the time and the season and the occasion for preaching and declaring and warning and admonishing and, 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 and again, just counseling people from the truths of God's Word and, and foretelling things that were going to happen if certain things are not done or certain things are done. Whatever this may involve, whatever this scope of it may be, here is what Paul said, that whether there be prophecies, they're going to fail. Now this evening, I know that you know this. I think that we all agree on this, that we would all believe this that we would say that the act of prophecy is important. Is it not? The act of preaching, the act of declaring the Word of God, the act of foretelling future events, the act of what we're trying to accomplish tonight, what I'm trying to do, what I have studied for this evening, and really what I think and what I hope you have come for, for the preaching of the Word of God tonight, I think every one of us understand that there is a place of importance and there is a place of significance for what it is we are doing tonight but Paul reminds the believers of Corinth that there is coming a day when the act of prophesying, when the act of preaching, when the act of declaring the Word of God, in whatever manner you'd like to consider it, there is coming a day when the prophecies are going to cease. It will no longer take place. And you know what preachers say? Amen. I look forward to that day, just to be honest with you. I look forward to the day where I don't have the mental obligation, just as many of you look forward to the day in your jobs where certain mental requirements are no longer on you. I, I just look forward to the day sometimes where I don't have to preach another sermon. I don't have to get together another Sunday school lesson. I don't have to worry about being fresh. I don't have to worry about whether or not I've used that illustration before. I don't have to worry about being boring or exciting or anything of that nature. You know what I'm looking forward to sometimes? I'm looking forward to the day where there's just no more preaching. Because such a day will take place. It's going to happen one day when there is no need for prophecy. But tonight we understand that there is importance to it and there is significance to it. He goes on to say that whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. He goes on to say, whether there be tongues, they shall cease. What does this mean? Well, I think most of us know what tongues mean. It's not the jibber-jabber that we're oftentimes 
made to think that it is. It's the understanding and the ability to speak in a foreign tongue, in a foreign language to other people. And, and there was a time when people were gifted with this ability. And, and what Paul said is this, is that there is going to come a day when that will cease. Now, this is kind of interesting that the words are different in the original text and and in the original language where he talks about failing and ceasing and vanishing away. All of these are different. And, And so what the word means is this, is that there was coming a stopping point in that gift of tongues, and it hadn't quite fully happened yet at the time of Paul, but he has said, there is coming a time when the tongues are going to cease, and so as important as it would have been then, as significant as it was going to be at that day, there was still going to come a point where it would no longer be in practice. And yet even this evening, if we were to think about it in terms of languages and communicating, here's what we would say, or at least I think we would say, and that would be this, is that it is still commendable and it is still important that men and women are willing to learn foreign languages so that they can go across the country, go across the world, and present the truth of the gospel to Je- of Jesus Christ to other people of other nations, of other languages. But even in that, as noble as it is, there is coming a day when that too will cease. We understand that, right? I trust that we understand that. So he says to the believers that whether there be prophecies, they shall fail, and whether there be tongues, they shall cease, and whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. What is knowledge? It's the acquiring of information and understanding of things. Well, is it a good thing to learn new things? Well, of course it is. Is it a good thing to learn new things in any area of life? Well, of course it is. Is it a good thing to learn new things as it relates to the spiritual life and and to the spiritual realm of things? Of course it is. I think every one of us would benefit and and would be uh, helping ourselves if we grew more in our understanding and our knowledge of the things of Scripture. We would help ourselves. But again, what Paul said is this, is there is coming a day when that too will vanish away. There is coming a day that you and I will not be able to learn anymore. There is coming a day that we will understand everything that we need to understand. There is coming a day that we will know everything that we need to know. And so here is what Paul is clear on. And again, we we see this. Prophecies will cease, the tongues will cease, and the knowledge, it's going to vanish away. Now look in verse number 13, all right, because Paul is dealing with this extensively, and we'll deal with the other verses at another time. But notice what he says in verse number 13. He said, and now abideth. All right, and now abideth. So what does this mean? It means this. So right now these things are so. Right now these things are in place. Right now these things are a part of our everyday lives. So he says, and now abideth faith. Well, what is faith? Well, faith is a conviction and the truths of God's Word. Faith is the, uh, the belief that God can and will do as He needs when He needs to do it. Uh, faith is a lot of things, is it not? Alright, so He said right now, abideth faith. Well, is faith important? Of course it is, because we have seen in our study throughout Hebrews that without faith it is impossible to please God. 
So you and I couldn't begin to sit here for a moment and say, well, you know, faith really isn't that important. No, faith is extremely important. Faith is extremely significant in the life of a believer. But he said, and now abideth faith, and also now abideth hope. Well, what is hope? Hope is whenever we want what is the best for someone, even when we may not believe that it's possible or reasonable to think that it could happen. Is hope important? We need hope, do we not? Boy, when you and I lose hope, we're kind of miserable people to be around, aren't we? I don't know if you've ever felt hopeless, but whenever you feel hopeless, you don't really feel like living life too much. Life isn't too exciting. Life isn't too full. Life isn't too thrilling. I mean, whenever you and I lose hope, life is pretty dreary. So he said, and now abideth faith, hope, and charity. So we know what charity is. Charity is love. We've gone through this extensively. We know what love is, or at least we should know what love is. So think about this. Here is what the the Apostle Paul says to the believers in Corinth. He said, as it relates to prophecies, they're going to fail of tongues. It's going to cease of knowledge. It's going to vanish away. And he says that right now there is faith, there is hope, and there is charity. But we know what he said next in verse number 13. He said, these three... But the greatest of these is charity. So whenever he says the greatest of these is charity, what is he saying to the believers of Corinth? He is saying this, the most important and the most significant and the key and the most vital thing of a Christian's life is this, it is their love. It is their charity. It is their expression of love. It's the, the most important thing is, is how we interact with people. And I know that you know this, but I want us to think about it. How we interact with people is a direct representation of our relationship with God. And so how we interact with people by way of our love expresses or reveals how we love God. And so as you think about this, as prophecies cease, as tongues will vanish or, or cease, and, and, and the knowledge will vanish away, Paul reminds them that charity never fails. Charity will never cease to be in existence. And, and that's a simple truth, and yet it's one that we need to be reminded of. That of everything that is existent, that abideth today, whether it be prophecies, tongues, knowledge, faith, or hope... Every bit of that is going to pass away one day, but love is never going to fail. When you and I are in the presence of God, what will we be in the presence of? We will be in the presence of perfect love. We will be in the presence of God who is perfect love toward us, and for the first time in our lives, what will we be able to express and show? Perfect love. For our Savior, for the one who died for us and and saved us. All right, so we've got all these different things that Paul is bringing to the attention of the believers in Corinth, and he is saying this, listen, we've got prophecy, we've got tongues, we've got knowledge, we've got faith, we've got charity, but here is what you need to realize, because love is never going away, that the greatest of these has always been and will always be charity. That is the most important thing. 
how I treat other people in my actions, that is the most important thing. How I treat my wife, how I treat my kids, how I treat church family, how I treat friends, how I treat extended family, how I treat anyone that I come into contact with, that is the most important thing. Again, why is that the most important thing? Because that is a reflection of my relationship with God. How can I say I love God if I don't love my brother? So see, if, if I'm not loving my brother, if I'm not loving those that I have a continual relationship with, an ongoing relationship with, if I don't have a right relationship with them, then how could I begin to suggest that I have a right relationship with God? The, the, the two are inseparable. And so again, this is all tying in together. It makes sense that what Paul said would correspond with what Christ said. But the most important thing in my life and the most important thing in your life is charity. How we treat people. So because that's the most important thing, what should get the most attention? It ought to be, should it not, our love for others? And, and how we act and, and interact with other people. Now think about this. Kind of like with your job, you have all these different responsibilities, you have all these different assignments and things that must be done, and yet you know that this is most important maybe for the day or for the week, whatever it may be, and you've got a deadline, and so you have to prioritize. But let me ask you this. Have you ever known that you had a deadline? Have you ever known that you had to get something done, that this needed to be priority, but you kept pushing it off? You ever been there? And I've been there. It's like I know Sunday's coming, but I don't want to study right now. I know Sunday's coming, but I feel a whole lot more fulfilled just going outside and doing some yard work. I know Sunday's coming, and I need to get that morning message ready. I know that Wednesday night's going to be here. But, but man, I, I just I don't want to mess with that right now. There are times that we know what is most important. We know what demands our attention or what should be demanding our attention. But many times we get so distracted by so many other things that whenever we do finally give attention to what is most important and most pressing, we don't give it everything that it needed to receive by way of our effort and our energy. Now, I say this every year, okay, and I'm just going to say it again, not because of attention or anything like that. I'm on a boat right now, okay, and you all are just kind of waving in and out at me. So I really need you to look alive and, and alert right now so that I know I'm not just up here like a drunk man, okay? If this is what it feels like to be drunk, I, I don't know why we would want this. Okay. I'm serious. Y'all are just like coming in and out of focus right now. So I'm feeling pretty good. Let me ask us in our Christian lives. If we know that love is the most important thing, how many times are we guilty of knowing it 
but we give our attention and our effort and our energy to so many other things. Have we ever been there? I think that happens. See, I, I, I can only speak for myself, but, but I know for myself this to be true. That there are times that I am so focused on certain responsibilities that I have that in the midst of me being focused, I don't love people the way that I'm supposed to. Now, I may have gotten the job done, whatever it was that I needed to get done, but if I did not love this person in the process of me getting done what needed to be done, then you know what I did? I focused on that which was least important because even in the midst of me getting my job done, the most important thing is me loving the people that God would bring into my life in the midst of that task. And so... I look at myself and I think, okay, there are times that I'm so task-oriented, I'm so get-the-job-done, you know, focused in my mind that, that many times the people who suffer or the ones who suffer are the people that God brings into my life and I don't love them like I should. And, and I need the reminder that it does not matter what I may give my attention or my energy to that if I'm not loving people, again, it goes back to what we talked about last week, I am not focusing then on the most important thing. So I don't know what your week has been like this week. I I have no idea. I don't know who you've talked to. I don't know what you've been engaged in. I don't know what has been the, the course of your week at all. But I do know this, that the most important thing you could have done this week is this. Love people. In your actions. Because here's what we know. Right now, abide with faith, hope, charity. And the greatest of these is charity. So you and I this evening, we could sit here and we could say something like this. Well, I'm a great person of faith. Well, good for us. If we're a great person of faith without charity, then we're giving our focus and our attention to the wrong thing. And somebody may say, well, you know, I'm just a hopeful person and I'm trying to, to be more hopeful and I'm trying to be more cheery and I'm trying to be all these things. Well, good for us. But if that's what's getting our attention and not the loving people in the process, then you and I are giving our attention to the wrong thing. I don't believe that I'm alone in this. That so many times in our Christian lives, we are so task-oriented. Read your Bible so that you get knowledge. Spend time in prayer so that you can do this and do this and do this. And we're so driven by way of the task that we forget what is most important in our spiritual lives. And so Paul is very simple, he is very concise, and he just says, believers in Corinth, this is what matters. This is what's most important. And again, it lines up with what Christ said when he was on earth, and it shouldn't surprise us, it shouldn't shock us. But I want to ask us this evening, just answer the question as honestly as you can. Of everything that you've been involved in this week. Maybe of everything that you've prayed for this week. Of everything that you've tried to be mindful of in your Christian life. Have you and I had the right desire 
to love as we ought. I think sometimes, I don't know for sure for everyone, but I think sometimes we're almost afraid to focus too much on love because then we're afraid we're going to sound like one of those lovey, touchy, you know, feel-good kind of people and, and churches and preachers, and, and we don't want to place too much emphasis on love. Isn't that kind of ridiculous? Amen. It's ridiculous. Because what needs to be our greatest desire and our greatest ambition would be, God, I want to love people the way that I'm supposed to. Whether it be the co-worker, whether it be the family member, whether it be the neighbor, whoever it may be, God, help me to love people the way I'm supposed to for this reason. It doesn't matter how smart I, smart I am about the Bible. If I don't love people, it's a waste. It doesn't matter how good I may be at declaring to them what's going to happen if they don't get their life together. If I don't love them, what point does it serve? If I've got all this faith, if I've got all this hope, but I don't love people the way that I'm supposed to, what point does it serve? So in everything that we've been mindful of this week and everything that we've desired this week, have we had a desire to love people like we should? If we haven't, we're giving too much attention to some of the other tasks and the other responsibilities but we're not giving enough attention and enough of our energy to the main task, to the main responsibility. And we may just need to get things back in focus, back in line, and just saying, Lord, help me, please, to love people like I should. Because if we don't, say it one last time, then that means we don't really love the Lord like we're supposed to. And that says much about us. All right? Let's all stand tonight and bow our heads for prayer. Fathers, I come to you this evening. I pray that you would help us, Lord, to remember the task of loving people. God, I know that tonight I could probably go through the list again and we could be reminded of places and moments in our lives, even in the last week, of where we have failed to love people like we should. God, I know in my own life I have not borne all things like I am supposed to. And Lord, that's just one area in my life that I know I have failed in in the last week. And Lord, some may sit here or stand here this evening and they might be like me and say something like this. We even knew we were failing when we did it. But we went ahead and did it because we wanted to. God, would you help us to love like we're supposed to? Would you help us to have a desire to put forth the energy to love like we're supposed to? So that we can please you. And I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen.